So you need to get your fans in your own system. You need to own your fans. This is yeah, extremely important. And then once the people or your fans are in your own system, you have all the power. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm gonna share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're gonna show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. Tobias, hey, what's up, man? How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing fine. I'm here in Spain right now. How are you? Doing well. Tobias, I feel like you're just like a world traveler. You're always somewhere new. So how long have you been in Spain for it? And what are your, what, what's your travel plans right now? Oh, basically, I'm just here for one week, so not that long this time. And then, I don't know, but I think the last time when we had this session, I've been in Thailand, then we met yep. in Costa Rica, and now we are here, and I'm, I'm in Spain, so it's pretty international, yeah. Cool. It's awesome. You're like living the nomad life, and it's so cool. And I think that it's really part of the movement that we're all a part of right now. The fact that we're here right now and we're able to connect through this conference on the internet, online, remotely, and you as a musician, like you can get your music heard around the world by people without necessarily having to play a show in person. So awesome. And news alert, YouTube is like one of the best platforms surely to be able to get your music heard by a worldwide audience without necessarily having to play in person, especially if there's like a global pandemic or something that's preventing people from getting together in person, what a gift to be able to stay connected with people and actually build an audience and grow on a platform like YouTube. Good to be you, good to be everyone in the room right now because Tobias is actually a YouTube expert. And let me actually pull up my official, my official intro for you. Tobias is a modern percussive fingerstyle guitar player. And if you Google him or go to his YouTube and actually look at his YouTube videos of him playing his fingerstyle percussive guitar, it's super impressive, really cool. And these videos have millions and millions of views. And in Costa Rica, he was one of our guest presenters that we brought out for our, our Platinum Artist Mastermind. And I got to see it in person too, him jamming out. Rishi was one of our Platinum Artists. He was like doing like an Indian style vocal overlay to it. It's really cool. But Tobias, he is someone who walks the walk of what he teaches. So he personally has gotten millions of views on YouTube and he's actually over 50 million views. It's a lot of views. And after working at the music industry at Warner Music, Tobias made it his mission to help fellow artists and musicians to be able to grow their audience online. He founded the Fanbase Academy, which is a high-class coaching and mentoring program for modern musicians that enables aspiring artists to make it in today's time without needing to rely on record labels. Yeah, he's awesome. And really today, I thought it would be great to, one, just touch base with him. Every time we have a conversation, I feel like I always, myself personally, I always learn a lot. Like I wish that I had a notebook here that I could be like absorbing and taking notes as we do this, but that's what we have the replays for. But I think today it would be great to really zero in on what are some of the biggest movements that you see happening right now online in order to actually build an audience and what how does youtube fit into that strategy is youtube still the place that you'd recommend for a lot of artists and why is that how can they be successful on youtube to build an audience and yeah i think it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun so tobias thanks so much for taking the time to come on here again thanks for inviting me
Absolutely. For maybe for anyone who hasn't met you before, this is their first time connecting with you. You could introduce yourself quickly and share your story of how you got started with the Fanbase Academy. Yeah, sure. Hey everyone, I'm Tobias from Germany, as you can hear by my weird German accent. And yeah, back then I worked in the music industry. At some point I wanted to focus on my own music. And then I um, really went deep into all the YouTube stuff strategies and really made it, so to say, on YouTube. So that was really insane, all organic growth back then. And at some point, yeah, I really managed to travel or play shows even in faraway countries like China or Singapore or Taiwan. And that was really amazing. And then I decided to, yeah, help other fellow mu uh, musicians as well to make it online because I think there's so much untapped potential and we're really living in a new paradigm shift. The opportunities we have at our fingertips are just uh, unparalleled. It's just insane. And musicians that started like 20 years ago, they didn't even have these opportunities and chances. But the thing is, often the mindset of many modern musicians is still 20 years back. People trying to get a record deal or something like this, or try to connect with a middleman, which still can work, but there's so many new possibilities and you just have to leverage them because it has never been easier to put your music out there and show your music to the right audience because you can reach like millions of people around the world for pennies and everyone is on social media on all these different channels so just like insane how let's say easy it is nowadays to really get your music out there find diehard fans and even make a living from your music so we yeah we are actually pretty blessed because we are living in some of the greatest times for modern musicians that don't want to rely on record deal 100 percent yeah, it seems like the old way with the record labels is mostly like a lottery ticket where yeah. one in a few might get a record deal. And if you didn't, that was basically like your only way to really be successful where now it's like with the internet and because of what we're about to talk about on our conversation, you can actually directly reach out, connect with your fans without relying on that middleman. And the funny thing too is even if your goal today is to get a record label deal, what do they look for in terms of the artists they're going to sign? They look for artists that have an audience that are going to bring people out to the shows. So either way, like the number one thing you could do is to grow your audience and start to build your fan base. So super excited to dive into that. So when it comes to doing that, so I think a lot of artists here, they've invested a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money into recording their music. And maybe they didn't really have much of a strategy or they don't really know how do I actually get in front of the right people and actually target the right people that are going to connect with it. And how do I actually build an audience and make actually have a fan base that aren't just my friends and fans and family. So how would you recommend, what are some of the biggest opportunities for them to get started and how do they find those people who are actually going to just resonate with their music just for their music and start growing their audience? Yeah, first of all, I want to say that I think one of the biggest mistakes a lot of musicians make is to have the wrong focus because they focus on just production, writing new songs, recording them and all that. And usually the music is great and all that. But then when it comes to getting the music out there, promoting it, you hear crickets chirping and it's nothing happening. So that's why, yeah, Michael and I and other people, of course, trying to help you to get in the action motors and focus on marketing and really see your music business 
as a business, and this is so incredibly important. In general, I can say that there are two channels you should focus on. First, organic growth strategies, and on the other hand, paid channels. And I would start with organic channels as well. First, because of course, you don't have to invest. And I think YouTube is one of the definitely best options. Right now, while I'm speaking, there are people watching my videos on YouTube that I recorded and uploaded like 10 years ago. So YouTube is such a powerhouse. For example, if you're on, I don't know, TikTok, Instagram, or Facebook, usually you have these spikes. You always have to post new content. And in, with YouTube, it's like you post once, and if the video is optimized in the right way and works well, it keeps getting new views every day each and every day and this is so powerful so my recommendation is definitely to focus on video it's still i think a lot of people don't really leverage youtube but for me out of my experience it's one of the most important channels we have today because it gives you a huge advantage and it's really like growing your fan base on autopilot because youtube recommends your music to new people that are highly likely to watch your music. And this is yeah, actually one of the biggest benefits of all platforms out there. And as well, the engagement is much higher. For example, I tested one of my videos, Passion Loop. I uploaded it on YouTube and on Facebook, on both channels. The video got over a million views. So I have a lot of data, but on, I, I don't know, I remember the exact numbers, but I think it was like the view retention rate. So the time, how long people really watched my video was like, so like 7% on Facebook and 55% on YouTube. So people really engage with your content on YouTube. And in Facebook, it's more like scrolling through the newsfeed. Okay. It's nice. Next video, next pet video and whatsoever. So on YouTube, you have a more dedicated and focused audiences that really engage with you and really go down the rabbit hole, listen to more of your music and become real fans. And you bond better with your fans because it's not just, they're not just listening to your music, but they're also watching it. So it's much better actually to yeah find new fans that way. That totally makes sense. Yeah. That like when it comes to the type of engagement that if you just think about the platforms like YouTube, when people go to YouTube, they go to watch videos and a lot of times just longer form content in general. Like when people are on Facebook or like TikTok, like they're just like scrolling through, they're swiping, like it's not really a place to go deep. So yeah, I think every channel has its place or its purpose or its pros and cons, yeah. but I think you're totally right that like YouTube, and I know personally, like for our band Paradise Fears, we had about 24 million views on YouTube and it, it was a huge platform for us. And it was also in terms of positioning and credibility. People took us more seriously when they saw that we had built an audience on YouTube. And there, there is like a benefit to building, building a platform. When it comes to YouTube, I would love to hear your take on the pros and cons versus so we had a, a presenter come on yesterday. It was a great conversation about TikTok. And obviously like TikTok is a huge trend right now. And there's quite a few artists who are breaking on TikTok. And it, in terms of music discovery, it seems like it's a, a cool opportunity, but I would love to hear your take on TikTok and YouTube and maybe how someone can use those in like a complimentary way or okay. what your recommendation would be in terms of just like how to think about their overall strategy as it relates to both YouTube and like TikTok, but maybe just in like social media in general, just because obviously there's a whole landscape of uh, social media platforms. 
Absolutely. And you should definitely focus on the channels that work for your audience. So one of the mis uh, one of a mistake is that a lot of artists spread their focus too broad. They try to be on Instagram, on YouTube, on TikTok and, and on all these channels. But on all channels, they just put in 10% of what they could do, especially when you're not signed, when you don't have a big team behind. I recommend to yeah, put all your focus in one platform and really make that work. That's better than focusing on all platforms or maybe just one or maybe two. And it always depends on your demographic and what you do. If you're able, for example, to uh, create fancy videos that catch attention, maybe uh, you have some, I don't know, cool percussive skills or some nice vocal skills, then TikTok or beatboxing skills, then TikTok can work definitely really great. But if you make more, for example, I don't want to say boring music, but music that doesn't catch the attention right away, then YouTube might be much better because you find people over there who are more interested in, for example, soothing, relaxing music or whatsoever. So you really need to know your audience. And this is why it's so important to do some audience research to really know who your audience actually is or yeah, well, what kind of people are listening to your music. And then you need to know where do they hang online? Is it more TikTok? Is it YouTube? Is it Facebook? So that's as well a really important thing. And then you can, um, yeah, really use these, the channel to reach your perfect audience, so to say. But yeah, I'm a big fan of having a focus because you reach more instead of trying to be everywhere. Yep. That's super smart. So it sounds like what you're saying is that there's so many different social media platforms and it seems like there's always a new one coming out like every year. It sounds like the Doge social platform. I don't think that's actually a social platform, but Doge, Dogecoin, I think is hilarious. But your recommendation is to start with one and focus and make it like when you choose it, make sure that you're choosing the one that is where your audience, your ideal fans are most likely to actually hang out. The next question that would lead me to would be, how does someone do that research and how does someone know which platform is right for me based on my music or based on my, my demographic? Yeah, you, you find actually, if you Google that, for example, you find audience data, for example, from YouTube or TikTok and Instagram or Facebook. And for example, yeah, and then you can see, for example, on Facebook, there are more older people than, for example, on TikTok and Instagram. So that, of course, plays a huge role. And then you, yeah, you need to know your audience. So you need to connect with your audience and you need to know who your fans are. Maybe check out their profi uh, profiles and really go deep. Ideally, you have a, like a fan avatar to really know who is my typical fan, how old is he or she, where does he or she hangs out online and all that stuff so you can even run a survey or a post or whatsoever you need to know other interests of your fans as well so it's really important to know your fans so i cannot stress that enough and then you need to can match it for example with the audiences for the different social media platforms all right, let's take a quick break from the podcast so I can tell you about a free special offer that we're doing right now exclusively for our podcast listeners. So if you get a ton of value from the show, but you want to take your music career to the next level, connect with a community of driven musicians and connect with the music mentors directly that we have on this podcast, or if you just want to know the best way to market your music and grow an audience right now, then this is going to be perfect for you. So right now we're offering a free two-week trial to our music mentor coaching program. And if you sign up in the show notes below, you're gonna get access to our entire Music Mentor content vault for free. 
The vault's organized into four different content pillars. The first being the music, then the artist, the fans, and last but not least, the business. When you sign up, you'll unlock our best in-depth masterclasses from a network of world-class musicians and industry experts on the most cutting-edge strategies right now for growing your music business. On top of that, you'll get access to our weekly live masterminds where our highest level modern musician coaches teach you exactly what they're doing to make an income and an impact with their music. Then once a month, we're gonna have our Music Mentor Spotlight series. And that's where we're gonna bring on some of the world's biggest and best artist coaches and successful musicians to teach you what's working right now. And one of the most amazing parts is that you can get your questions answered live by these top level music mentors. So a lot of the people that you hear right here on the podcast are there live interacting with you personally. So imagine being able to connect with them directly. On top of all that, you'll get access to our private music mentor community. And this is definitely one of my favorite parts of Music Mentor and, and maybe the most valuable is that you're going to have this, this community where you can network with other artists and link up, collaborate, ask questions, get support, and discuss everything related to your music career. So if you're curious and you want to take advantage of the free trial, then go click on the link in the show notes right now and you can sign up for free. Uh, from there, you can check out all of the amazing content, uh, connect with the community, and sign up for the live masterclasses that happen every week. This is a gift for listening to our podcast, supporting the show. Um, so don't miss it out. Go sign up for free now and uh, let's get back to our interview. Yeah, that's so smart. Yeah, to reiterate something you just said too that I think is so important. It's like understanding understanding your fans and knowing who they are and connecting with them. Yeah, I feel like that's something that if you haven't done yet, that one of the first things I would recommend doing, if you're looking to grow your audience or to discover more about where your who your fans are, or where they hang out, then have a conversation on Zoom with at least 20, 20 of your fans and just ask them these questions. Just get to know them. Ask them questions about their musical tastes, about what they're interested in. Get to know them and make a list of those 20 people that you had a conversation with. And that's probably going to give you more real, what's the word, like... There's different kinds of data. Like one is based on quality of just like under that direct connection, like that face-to-face, -face, like personal connection is such a good way to go deep and really connect with someone and understand them. And I forget where I've heard this, but something like, I think surveys too are just so valuable. If you can like run surveys, if you have a big enough database or like enough fans and you have all their phone numbers or emails and like sending out surveys is so powerful. But if you don't have a thousand or 10,000 fans yet, then just reaching out directly and asking them if they if they have a free moment in the next couple of weeks would they be interested in hopping on a quick call yeah, yeah. that's and so one, that's such a good advice and one tip is as well to for example let's say you're just starting out you don't really have fans yet then i recommend to just check out other similar artists that make like similar music and look at their fans watch mm -hmm. concert videos look like who's following them on instagram tiktok or facebook or whatsoever and then you learn about these kind of fans of similar artists and this usually mm -hmm. helps you as well especially if you don't have a big fan base yet oh my gosh yeah that's super smart that's super smart too is, is if you don't have an audience yet doing that research and figuring out who are their most engaged fans and if you come at it from a point of like the wrong way to do it is just like spamming them like, hey check out my music the right way to do it is like you reach out to those people and you introduce yourself say, hey just wanted to reach out and get in touch and ask them about themselves start a conversation and then lead from there into asking if they'd be willing to hop on a quick call to just connect get to know each other so you can go a little bit deeper on those questions then you could actually reach out to like the super fans of other artists like you 
and probably build like a real fan relationship with that person and understand them better. That's super, super smart. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And musicmap.com is a great resource. Yeah. I definitely recommend checking that out as a way to research similar artists to you. Yeah. Polite stalking. I think that if you're transparent and you just do it from like a place where you're not actually trying to, it's not about like me. It's like, it's really, you're trying to connect and just network and get to know them. And you have that, that point of view, then usually people can feel that. And if they're a fan of music, then if you make music that is similar to that artist and they're probably going to like your music too, they're probably going to think it's cool that you're reaching out to them, that you're looking to actually build a real relationship. Cool. Let's talk a little bit. Yeah. I know that uh, a couple of questions are coming in and just, and this is just a big question and challenge is around visibility and kind of that attraction of like new people. I'm trying to figure out like, how do I get my music and how do I grow my audience and reach new listeners? So I'd love to hear you talk about what are some of the best strategies or the best kind of overall methods you found to help an artist who let's assume that they do have high quality music right now. That's like competitive recorded, well-produced. And now they're just trying to figure out like, how do I reach new people or actually connect with the right fans? Yeah, yeah. First of all, I would say we need to select the metrics we are looking at because mm -hmm. a lot of musicians just want to get a lot of followers. So that's the main mm -hmm. goal. But that actually isn't always the smartest thing to do. And there is this principle of the 1,000 real fans. So it's much more important to get a few, a handful of really hyper let's say hyper how you call them like super fans more or less that yeah. buy your stuff that follow you that come to your concert and then you can be much more successful with just like 1000 super fans than a million followers i saw this so often or i see it so often that you have artists with a million followers and instagram and all that stuff and they're broke they don't even they cannot manage this monetize it as well and then i see a lot of artists you've probably never heard of and they have a small but really dedicated following and they're really successful they're making six figures so if you just have 1000 fans that give you like 100 bucks per year, you have a six figure music business. And so sometimes it's really good to get a different focus or a mindset shift. It's not always about the quantity and getting more and more followers and likes. It's more about really building a deep connection and then monetizing or then to monetize this, your fan base as well. And then you can be super successful as well. And then you can have money that you can use on ads, which kind of has this snowball effect because when you run ads, you automatically get more and more likes and more followers and all that stuff, but then you make money back in return. Yeah, this is really important before you just focus on the growth strategies to get more and more followers. So I think this is really the first step that you need to do. And then of course, it's important as well to get more and more followers. And yeah, like I said in the beginning, then we have the organic methods and the paid methods. So with paid channels, it's actually really easy. You basically push a button and you can show your music and your ads to people who are highly likely to like your music. And this is then really a magic thing. The biggest mistake or issue is often that musicians just advertise their music and send people, for example, to their Spotify. But the problem is you often or always spend more money than you make back. So if you don't have a funnel in place to really make a return on your ad spend, so ideally you want to spend 1000 bucks per month on ads, 
and make 3,000 back. Then you spend 5,000 per month on ads and make 10 or 15K back. And then you can grow it. But if you just spend money each and every month to just get a few like new followers on Spotify or whatsoever, it's not really economical and it doesn't matter. Yeah, this is one important thing I always see like a big mistake. And on the other hand, when we use organic growth strategies, is it of course depends on the channel. When it comes to YouTube, one of the really important things is, and I recommend any any musician to really focus on YouTube, you need to have this kind of wow factor. You need to create a video which makes people want to share your video. This is really important. And the other thing is you need to like get the first you yourself on it. You have to push people, your fan to basically to your video and make some buzz. Because for example, on YouTube in the beginning, the algorithm has no data. Once the algorithm of YouTube has enough data, YouTube can recommend your videos and your music to other people. But without any data, it's, it will never start picking up. So in the beginning, it's really key to have well-working videos that have this wow factor and then to push people on the video to give the algorithm really some data so at least a thousand views better 2000 or more and then the algorithm can analyze okay how much watch time do your video or does your video get on average and all that and if the watch time is good if the engagement is good then YouTube is or the algorithm like, hey, there's some good, that's some good content. Let's show to more and more people. Because YouTube, of course, wants a lot of people to stay as long as possible on the platform. And if your videos help YouTube to achieve that goal, it's like a win-win situation. And then YouTube really starts recommending your video over and over. Like I said, like even after 10 years. YouTube is still recommending your video, but in the beginning, you have to have a good launch strategy. So to create anticipation and all that stuff, bring your own crowd to YouTube to give the YouTube or YouTube's algorithm enough data. And then, yeah, things will pick up. Then you need to optimize your video. You need to optimize the channel tags and all that, of course, launch it in the right way. But this is usually the way to go. First of all, bring your own traffic in order to give YouTube enough data and then YouTube starts recommending your video. And it's really important. You cannot really trick the algorithm. It's really important that you have quality content. And even more important than this is that your content is share worthy so that people want to show that music to other friends because then you have this kind of multiplicator effect whatsoever so that more and more people watch your music. So YouTube get some more watch time or your videos get more watch time. And in return, YouTube is starting to promote your video or to recommend your video. And this is really, once you name this, it's like, it's magic. It's really crazy because you will get new fans each and every day. And these are not random fans because YouTube recommends new music to fans who are highly likely to like your music. So this is a real powerhouse. And this is in a nutshell, like how it- I love it, so, so good. Awesome. So it sounds like what there's a bunch of stuff to unpack there. A lot of like gold nuggets, and and also I see some like questions coming in in the chat, which are great too. And so to reiterate, it sounds like when it comes to paid traffic, the point that you're making is that if you're paying money to send people to Spotify or a platform like that, the return on that every click that you pay for is very small because you're getting paid less than a penny per stream. So just economically, your cost per click is going to be high and your earnings per click is going to be low. And it seems like that's really just, that's the, 
the whole equation of paid traffic. Like how much are you paying for the click? How much are you earning per the click? So if you're paying like X amount per click and you're only earning like a fraction of a penny per click, then yeah, like it's almost impossible to be successful with it. We should, we totally should catch up soon, Tobias. There, we've, we uh, just launched a funnel platform called Street Team and basically replaced ClickFunnels with the own, our own funnels that, and now it's tied into to the traffic so that exactly what you're talking about, you're speaking my language, so that people, rather than just sending them to a platform you don't own, building, building a platform on Spotify and essentially someone else owns your audience, like actually sending them to your own platform and your earnings per click are just going to be so much higher than if you're paying a fraction of a penny or if you're getting a fraction of a penny per stream. So I would love to connect with you at some point in the next like few weeks and just geek out <laughs> and talk through this stuff. Sure. But yeah, and then the, it, it seems like what, what you're saying about YouTube is really like one of the main benefits is that it's a great platform in terms of one, it's a good place. It's like a testing ground in terms of figuring out what's actually valuable. You don't have to pay a bunch of money to be able to figure out what's working, right? So it's, it's a great place to start, build on it, to figure out what's working for you. And as long as you are creating content and you're improving the content based on what people find valuable, what's relevant to them, then the, over time, the algorithm also automatically finds the people who are resonating with your music and are actually watching based on the amount of time that they spent watching the video. So it gets better over time and you actually build this like automatic system that's recommending your music for you. Super cool. And here, one question. Oh I, yeah. I just wanted to add two more tips because I know mm. one of the common issues of some of my coaches is as well, if they don't have a big famous, if they're just starting out, mm. they just don't have a lot of power to push on YouTube. So here mm. are two strategies that I recommend to do. The first awesome. is to cover songs that are popular right now and give them your own twist. For example, mm. I don't know, there is a new Tyler Swift or Justin Bieber song or whatsoever. Now a lot of people Googling for that song on YouTube, searching for that song. And then maybe you have an unplugged version or like a cool beatbox version or like a jazz version or like a metal version of that song. And then are people, they are intrigued. They click on your video and you get a lot of views because it's like a big wave coming on YouTube, searching for the new, I don't know, the weekend song or whatsoever. And then mm. just imagine your video, your unplugged cover of that pops up like two or three videos below that, or it mm. gets recommended in the recommend in the recommended sidebar or something like this. And this can be really powerful. And the other one is to team up. So that's tip number one, because this makes you more likely to get discovered and you yeah leverage the, the big wave that comes in searches. And the other one is mm. to collaborate for a collaborate, for example, with people who have an audience already. Okay. Mm. You can contact them. Sometimes it's even worth paying for that exposure. Maybe you do a collaboration with them or just asking them to send a shout out or whatsoever. And it can be a paid promotion as well, but it's just really important to think in the beginning of how you can get a lot of traffic on your video to get the first, ideally 10K views, but at least a couple of thousand views because before that, the algorithm won't start working and then you will never really get it up in a good way. And yeah, this is what you can do to get some views in the beginning when nobody knows you. Super, super smart. Yeah. And I know firsthand from experience too, that what you're talking about is so true with figuring out where the wave is already has momentum, like doing cover songs, popular songs, there's a bunch of people searching for it. That was how we got probably 15 or 16 million views from our YouTube channel is from like covering popular songs. And those views, they turned into an original fan base that helped us play sold out headlining tour. So like, so that's one thing that there's a couple of things that I would love to dive into on that, on that route. 
which like one, one of the questions is around this idea of the wow factor, the wow factor and creating content that makes people want to share it. It has that because it's so easy or like one of the biggest mistakes that I know that you see like all the time is people, they're like, okay, cool. Like I'll do a cover of this popular song. And then they like just cover it and make it sound exactly like the original or just like a worse quality version of the song. And it's okay. What is this really bringing to the table? So I would love to hear you talk about what is it in your view that kind of contributes to that wow factor and how can someone, especially if someone is starting on YouTube and they don't have a big budget to put into like production and maybe like some things that they think go into that wow factor, what are some ways that they can create that wow factor so that they can gain more exposure from it? Yeah. One thing would be, for example, to tap into emotions. This is usually what works really well. If you've seen, for example, what's the name? Is it Monsters? James Blunt's last song, like where he's really crying and all that stuff and all the reaction videos to it. Mm. This is super emotional. So a lot of people share this. Or it can be something that is just different, unexpected. Something, think about yourself. Like what? which kind of videos did you share with your families or friends the last time? And why did you do it? What triggered you to share this kind of music videos? What was it? Usually it's like we want to, we are all like primal groups, so to say. And if we share something, we get some social points, let's say, because we were the discoverer. We found out about this cool, new, sad video, happy video, funny video, whatsoever. And then we share it. And you need this kind of quality that triggers this primal desire to share, to shout it out and share it with your friends in your fans and other people. And usually, for example, what works really well is if you see these puppy videos, where they, the dog rescue videos, where they find, for example, a really poor, almost dead, half dead puppy. And then in the end, it's, it goes from, you know, it's so sad. And then there's this shift and then you see this happy dog in the end. And this is such a strong emotion. And then people mm -hmm. engage with it and share it. Of course, we cannot do this like this with our music, but we need to trigger this. And for example, with my music, it's I'm just not playing the guitar. I'm doing like finger style tapping. I do percussive stuff on the guitar. And this has this wow factor because people are like, wow, I've never seen somebody play the guitar like this. And then mm -hmm. they share it and they're like, hey, dude, check out this guitarist or whatsoever, or for example, Alexander Misko, he's a fingerstyle guitarist as well. And he does really amazing fingerstyle covers of popular songs. And he has some, if you've never checked them out, check him out. And he racks up millions and millions of views because then it's, for example, your favorite, I don't know, for example, the theme of Pirates of the Caribbean or something, but in a fingerstyle version. And this triggers people to share with their friends because like, this is so cool. Or they had a, like a bow for a violin playing on the acoustic guitar. So something unusual. And this is, uh, can be, for example, done, let's say you make a jazz version or metal version of a pop song to give it your twist, to make it special. And then you're like, hey, Check this out. That's like the jazz version of the new, uh, the weekend song or whatsoever. But then with your personality or in it, for example, or Boys Avenue, they basically make unplugged, really nice unplugged vid cover videos of popular songs and something like this. So you need to find these triggers. So if you make or produce a video, ask yourself, would you share that? Why would people share it? And what could you add? Sometimes it can be really simple. There's this cool video of a street drummer. He has just some paint buckets, but he's absolutely killing it. <laughs> really shitty video quality and all that. But this triggers these emotions like, 
check out this dude over here, check out his skills and all that. So it could be like with great skills, great guitar solos whatsoever, something unexpected like a jazz or metal version of a pop song or a twist or whatsoever, a medley. So just think about it. it's really difficult to say because it always depends on what kind of music you are doing and what kind of twist you could give it. But you need to find these kind of these these shared triggers so ask yourself why should people share this and do i can i add something emotional or like an unexpected twist to it so that makes it more share worth yeah that's so good so i just shared a link in the chat to a youtube video of uh, i don't know if you guys have ever seen this one this drummer's at the wrong gig but as you're talking about the drummer and like the wow factor like i just had to share that. it just cracks me up and you in this community would probably appreciate this video just because it's it's this a drummer who's just he's just losing his mind it's like i don't know you guys have to watch it but it's so true it's so smart is it sounds like what you're saying is that really the wow factor is it comes from this wanting to share it and what is like why do people want to share something usually because of the way that they want to gain social status points or the way that it reflects on them and their identity and maybe everyone doesn't consciously think like i'm gonna get 20 social points if i share this but like biologically like we're driven like we have these social cues and, like, and if you really analyze it you look at your own like habits and behavior when you're sharing like that's what's happening so that's super smart to put things through that filter of would i share this and is this shareable is this something that has that wow factor the end. And it sounds like one of the main factors, so a couple of things you said, like the emotion, if there's something really emotional that triggers an emotional response, then a lot of times that's something that, that becomes shareable. And just the unexpected, there's something about that unexpected or like that twist, right? Where it's, that's the thing where I read about this somewhere. I think that we've probably talked about this before, Tobias, but there's this article that was talking about the traits of virality and like shareability. And one thing that they had found was that like one of the common characteristics was that there was this combination of like familiar plus unique where so, like when something went viral, when something was really shareable or when it has that wow factor, a lot of times it needs that familiar aspect because that's the thing that attaches to something in our brain that already exists. So it's like familiar. So everyone can recognize it. So it's more like, oh yeah, like I recognize that thing. Like a viral quiz might be like, which Disney princess are you? <laughs> and, like, and the reason that like it's familiar in the sense that like everyone like knows, like we have this context of Disney princesses, but now it's, it's about you. <laughs> And it has that shareability because now it's like, this is something about me. But that familiar aspect, when you're describing this one strategy of doing this is really about finding the familiar trending songs that they recognize that like everyone's listening to right now. You plug into that familiar thing that's happening in our brains. There's these grooves. It's, we're going down a hill and there's a sled and it hits these grooves. And then if all you do is a familiar, then there's nothing unique or there's nothing really special about it. So there's nothing that makes people go, wow. So it's like that mix of having something that's familiar that catches that groove, but then having something that veers off the track in a compelling or like in a pleasant way or surprising way that makes you go, oh, whoa, I was wasn't expecting that so super interesting when it comes to cover songs like thinking about that okay like i could cover this song but i want to do it in a way that makes people that's surprising or unique or makes them go wow super smart yeah and the thing that i can add again when you let's say you have a video with viral qualities then it's and, and we talked about how important it is to get a lot of views and one mm -hmm. tip is you need to get as many views in the first 
48 hours on the video because after that your chances for success so that the youtube's algorithm really picks up your videos uh, video and recommends it to other people is much lower so you should really have a launch strategy like maybe announce that you are going to launch a video like in one week from now send some behind the scenes stuff and then even on the launch day you could do a little like giveaway or something like this for example yeah i just play this picasso fingerstyle music and usually what i sell is the tabs so this is a sheet music for guitars that want to learn how to play it and a lot of my fans are guitarists themselves and then i offered the first thousand people to get the tab for free so the mm. people really wanted to watch the video right when it was launched so i gave them an incentive to watch it as soon as possible to get actually more views within the first 48 hours to push my video, to give it a boost. And so this is once again, really important. And another tip I can give you, it's a little bit more technical, but for example, if you, let's say you cover a video or just what you want to do is to include the video, like the artist's name and the title of the song in your description and in your tags as well, because YouTube works on channel clusters. You have different channel clusters. And of course the algorithm can just work with your data. And so you tell YouTube's algorithm, Hey, look, our videos are connected because the algorithm can read what you put in the description and in the meta tags. And th this helps you as well to, to let to let YouTube's algorithm know that your videos are connected, and then your chances increase that YouTube that YouTube recommends your video next to the original video. And once you get or your video gets recommended by YouTube, you get you will get so many views. It's just insane. And this happened for me a couple of times as well. And so you want to get there. So there are different, when it comes to YouTube, there are different strategies, like one content wise, of course, then how you promote it and some technical aspects as well, like video channel optimization and all that stuff that help you to yeah, become really successful on YouTube. That's awesome. So one, one question, I'm sure you get this question a lot, especially when it comes to the cover songs and whether that's like legal or the royalties. So I think uh, someone asked that question is when, when I do cover songs, do I have to pay royalties for that? Is it okay if I do cover songs or other people's songs? So could you speak a little bit to that just in terms of what are people allowed to do when it comes to cover songs on YouTube? What are they not allowed to do? Yeah, what you're not really allowed to is to take the original song. It's still possible to do it, but who wants to do it? You want to push your own music. And if you create music with your own twist, that's all legal. Like you find so many people on that. You can just Google there are some licensing, license, how do you pronounce that word? Licensing companies yep, out there. We can basically even get the license to play it, but that's not an issue at all. So it's all legal. If you create your own finger style for a finger style or guitar cover version whatsoever, that's no issue as well. You have this content ID claim. So what could happen is that your video gets claimed and then you just cannot monetize it but it's still there and you get views and you get the attention. You cannot just, you just don't get the money, but uh, yeah, that's uh, like money on YouTube is not really what we are aiming for because ideally we monetize our music in a different way because it's of course not a lot of money you get, but in the worst case, you cannot monetize your video or the other party, let's say monetizes the video and gets the share. But it's, mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of people think it's not possible, but it's definitely possible. Yeah. 
Yep. Super smart. And I think it really speaks to the conversation that we've been having throughout this event so far about kind of those three different stages of marketing. I think Adam Ivey described it as like visibility, connection, and offer. It's also the formulas for like attract, engage, monetize, and like different platforms, different strategies, different channels, or they have different purposes. And, and so it sounds like when it comes to cover songs, the purpose of it isn't like you're trying to immediately monetize this cover song. If so, then that's an issue, right? Like you're not able to, if you did, try, I don't know, try to, I know you can put cover songs on Spotify and other platforms, but then there's more royalties. You have to figure out that part. I think on DistroKid, it's pretty easy to do it. But but when it comes to attraction and connection and kind of building that audience, that's really what these cover songs are for, for that initial visibility, reaching those new people. So I would love to uh, talk a little bit about the bridge or the transition between YouTube as like a platform that is a great place to build a community or build a relationship to attract, to be discovered by new people. What about that next step of like monetizing that audience or, you know, what's the strategy in terms of how do you interface with YouTube in a way that allows you to actually have a sustainable income? Yeah. Yeah. Of course, ideally, you want to own your traffic all the time, okay? You don't want to have Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok, or you own your fans because if they these platforms go down, your fan base is lost. So you need to get the fans in your own ecosystem. Still, one of the best ways to do it is having an email list. So you own the contact address, all the getting the phone numbers and all that stuff. So what I recommend to do is to give people advantages to sign up, for example, to your email list. What I do is, for example, I offer people who watch my YouTube videos free tabs, for example, or sometimes free lessons or all that stuff. And then they check out your homepage or your landing page, sign up, and then you own the fan, okay? So you need to try to get fans off of YouTube. This is important. But on the other hand, you're hurting, in a way, your channel's growth because, of course, YouTube doesn't like it if the people are leaving YouTube. So it's always like a, yeah, a little tricky thing, but that's still what you need to do. I would, for example, you can post music in between. I, for example, upload different content, like for example, tutorials. And these are especially to get people off of YouTube and then sign up. You could, for example, offer them unpublished an unpublished song or a behind the scenes tour video or like a secret insider community. And, and then people sign up and then you have them in your own system but you always have to have a little bribe to get people off of the platform into your own system so the key is really and there we're closing the loop with that you have to see your music business as a business it, it is a business and you need to get customers in your own system you need to own your fan base and therefore one of the key things you need to do is to get people into your own system this is really it's so important yeah because as well the organic reach is declining all the time like for example i remember back when i had 5000 likes on facebook back then like up to a thousand people liked the post and then i at some point i hit uh, 140000 likes and now like a couple of hundred people max like my post. So it's like the organic view is, de is declining so sharply. And the same happens to Instagram and other platforms. You always have this peak. It's all good, all great. And then they go down, they monetize, they ask you for money for that. And then you're lost. Your fan base is lost. So you need to get your fans in your own system. You need to own your fans. This is, yeah extremely important and then once the people or your fans are in your own system 
you have all the power. You can send them special offers. You can survey them. You get a much higher reach than the organic reach, for example, on Facebook or Instagram and all that stuff. And you are not risking so much that the platform goes down or changes some policies or whatsoever. Get your fans in your own system. Then you can monetize them. And it's just the best way to do Yeah. Use these channels to get more exposure and get more fans, but then get them into your own system as soon as possible. 1000%. Yeah, that's super smart. And I'm super excited. Too. I feel like if this conversation could happen literally right before the final presentation on the last day where we're talking about the street team CRM platform that we built, it was literally exactly that purpose in mind. So you don't have to rely on Mark Zuckerberg to own your audience, right? Like you're building your own platform that you own. And this is something that's, it's not, this is a total, like a new idea. Like every successful business owner understands this at a pretty deep level. It's like that their audience, their contact list, their CRM with like email and phone numbers and their contact and their lifetime value of the people in their list is so important. Yeah. Super good advice from Tobias and, and also great advice too, just in terms of like, how do you get people, transfer people from that platform to other platform? You offer something valuable, you offer like something in exchange for them joining. So in your case, you had the, the tutorials and the free, the freebie. You even had like the urgency built into it. So it's like the only first thousand people, super smart. You talked a little bit about this idea and I would love to hear your thoughts on this because it's, I don't know if there's like a perfect answer, but it's something that is an important one is with almost all of these platforms, like they have a built-in incentive to keep people on their own platforms. So like they want, you know, like just because sometimes it's not even, there's a person specifically who's doing this. It's just the way that the algorithm works automatically is like it's designed to promote things that keep people engaging on their platform platform. So if you share, for example, on Facebook, if you share a link to an outside website, like and just organically in general, like it's almost not even worth posting on Facebook, in my opinion, unless you have a good paid traffic strategy. Yeah. But also with YouTube or any platform, really, it's like if you post a link outward and it means that their signals say, wow, this, per okay, this is leading to less engagement on the platform and they diminish or they hurt your chances to reach those people. What would your recommendations be for balancing that? Do you create, so you said create maybe specific content for that purpose only, but then does that mean that their platform will just not send anyone to that like content? Cause they know, okay, everyone's going to that video and they just stay bounced. So like, we're not going to send anyone to that video. Is that where you think maybe having some sort of retargeting or like paid traffic strategy might be beneficial or and what, what would be your thoughts? in terms of that question too, is there like a good combination with like organic and then paid traffic on YouTube as well? Or what are your thoughts around that, that whole thing? Yeah. First of all, I think it's not that dramatic if you of course have people and get them off of YouTube, offer them something. So if you have a couple of videos, let's say you get people that watch your first video and this video introduces them to you and then they probably click on your channel, watch other videos. And then maybe the third video is something in my case might be a tutorial, for example. And then the people want to get the tabs and bam, they're in my system. But maybe the mm. first video didn't have this call to action, but still I would I would just include it. If you have a good freebie, I think it doesn't really hurt you too bad. And then to combine channels is always the best in any case. So ideally you have these organic growth strategies plus paid channels 
And you can, of course, use pay channels to retarget people as well, which is all possible. The thing is always like in the beginning when I work with artists, of course, they don't have a big budget to use paid. And then I say, hey, let's first really focus on organic growth because you don't really have to pay. But then you, and if you have a funnel, you make your first box and then you notice, okay, hey, my music funnel works. I make money and then they have money to spend. And then we can scale this using paid advertising on YouTube, on Google, on Facebook, Instagram and all that stuff. And yeah, you can definitely retarget and do all the fancy stuff there. But usually it helps to have people on your, you need to get people on your own website, so to say, because there are the pixels on it. And then you can basically retarget them or if they watch a certain amount of your video. For example, you retarget people who watch like 70% of your video and all that stuff. But this is like really nerdy right now. And this is all the yeah paid advertising strategies, but there's a lot you can do. But yeah, I would say, yeah, definitely combine both ideally. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And uh, and I think you're totally right too. There's just in terms of like places for people, <clears throat> if you're just getting started and especially if you don't have a budget, which the majority of people who are just getting started, you, you don't necessarily have a budget. And certainly you don't have like income coming in from your music when you just get started where it can make sense to start with organic and get something working, you know, get some money coming in first. I think that there's like a balance too of like maybe th there's a case where if someone already has invested, already has really high quality music and they have a budget and they're willing to invest. They just need to know like, how do I invest this in the right way? And like, how do I actually do this like from the start? So I don't spend tens of thousands of dollars, but actually for, like I have a good system where there might be a case where for a person like that, as long as they have a good system, then it might be a way to save time that if you're either like trading like time or money. So it's, if you don't have money, then trade your time. Don't make excuses like, oh, I can't be successful because I don't have money. It's like, no, like you, you can, like you just, now you're gonna have to trade your time until like you get enough money to be able to buy back your time. So I think that what you're sharing is just really encouraging and on point for anyone. If your excuse is, oh, I don't have enough money to be successful, I can't do this. No, like you can, it just means that you're gonna have to trade your time first and get it working. But history is riddled with everyone like you who, who was able to, do that. It just, it takes your persistence and the right mindset and it takes having the right strategy too, which is why you guys being here right now, connecting with Tobias and learning these strategies based on everything that's working, it's going to save you so much time and heartbreak from like your videos that, oh, I'm not good enough. Cause like my music's not getting heard. It's no, it's like, you just, you maybe you, you didn't create, you didn't intentionally create a video with the wow factor. So people, it just wasn't really something that noteworthy for them to go, wow, and share it. Cool. So one one final question for you, and usually we do a Q&A segment throughout this. I feel like we've had an opportunity to answer a lot of the questions that kind of came in through here already, just by kind of like keeping in touch with the with the, the chat. But maybe one final question that would be helpful is around that final stage. Let's say that someone has built an audience or they have some good channels for like traffic. Maybe they even have millions of views on their YouTube channel. And now they're looking at monetizing it. And maybe let's say that they even had a little bit of a bridge or a system. So they had a, a lead magnet or they had something where they're growing their own audience. And now they're like, how do I make money from this? Or like, how do I actually monetize this audience? Maybe you could share a quick tip or outline around that stage there where when someone's ready to start monetizing it. What's one thing that you found that's working really well right now? If I got you correctly, it's like about the funnel. 
Like, once yes. you people in your system or... So once someone, once they're on the platform that you own, what does the yeah. process look like for them to go from like a contact or go from a fan, yeah. a subscriber okay. to like yeah. actually a customer? Yeah, you basically need to have a fan funnel, so to say. So let's say 100 people get on your email list, so to say. Of course, not all these people become super friends. You lose people on every step. So that's why we call it a funnel. But what you need to do is first to connect. So before someone becomes a customer, there are some research and metrics that say you need to have at least seven touch points. So you need to send them some value, give some cool free stuff, give some cool videos, some cool content. And you can all automate this with email segments and with email automation. So there are email service providers like, for example, Active Campaign, and somebody signs up to your list and then they get the first value email. Two days later, they get another email and all that stuff. And then, for example, after two weeks, let's say, you have a special offer, which can be automated as well. And then people have, for example, five days or three days time to, for example, buy a special a VIP bundle or whatsoever, or a cool merch bundle or whatever kind of products you have. But this is really important as well. You need to have products as well or services that you sell. So it's not your music that you make your money off. Like it's really nowadays music is basically a free thing to get like people can listen to your music for free on YouTube and pretty much for free on Spotify on all that. Okay. So music is like a free lead magnet. So mm -hmm. that gets people in your system. But now in order to make really money, you need to first build a connection and then offer them something. You need to sell products. This can be, of course, uh, you, your physical albums, vinyl specials, even cassettes for vintage lovers or some merch bundles. Or here, it's really important. One, one key factor is uh, one thing so many musicians get wrong. They think of products they like, but they don't really listen to their audience. You need to find out what is it that my audience wants do they want a sticker or wristband or whatsoever? Might be, but might be not the case. So that's again, why it's so important to know your audience to then be able to know and maybe ask your fans directly what they want from you. Is it like live stream concerts? Is it like merch? Maybe your fans don't even wear merch, usually like younger people, for example, or posters or whatsoever. So it's really hard to pinpoint, but you need to have several products that you offer. And then usually it's best to bundle them as well. And don't have, sometimes I see like huge online shops with a hundred products, but it's key to rather focus on getting more money and putting a lot of value, so bundling a lot of value together. And then you get more money upfront. So you really sell a product, let's say like a merch bundle for 50 bucks, including your CDs or whatsoever. And now, bam, you have 50 bucks that you can use to spend, for example, on Facebook ads, which kind of gets more fans in your system. And then again, the snowball starts rolling, but you need to think like a business, you need to have services. And it can be, for example, in my case, because I play the guitar and a lot of my fans, like I said, are guitars as well. And then I started selling guitar lessons. So I created an online guitar academy as well, like a membership platform, because I knew, hey, okay, this is something my fans really love. And then mm. this is how you really make money. So you need to have products or services. It can be as well consulting, coaching, vocal training, music production. There is There's so many opportunities out there or options. But yeah, this is really important that your fans, you need to know what they really want. And then once they're in your system, then you have the chance to sell them it's a value exchange, okay? So it's just you give them something for value, which your fans love, 
And then you get money back that you can use to further grow your, your fan base. And something that is really easy to do is, for example, to sell like a, let's say like access to you, like an inner circle. Okay. It could be a subscription for 10 bucks or 20 bucks per month or yearly price. And then they can connect directly with you. Maybe you make live streams from behind the scenes or when you rehearse or all that stuff. And when they get, for example, yeah, early access to new songs or you involve them in lyrics or naming songs and whatsoever. So there are so many things that you can, let's say, use as products. But this is how artists nowadays really make money. And you see a lot of, or for example, shout outs. I often get approached for people who pay me 200 bucks, for example, recording like a two minute video and playing happy birthday on the guitar and sending customized videos or something like this. There's as well a platform Cameo out there where really like Snoop Dogg and really big artists doing exactly this. Or you see this with even Metallica is now on masterclass.com selling like an online course on how to form a band and all that stuff. So hmm. today it's really about having a business. Your music is your brand and you're as an artist, but you need to sell things your audience really likes. So you need to become a business. And this is how you can make really a lot of money, even if you have a small fan base or it can be private concerts. I can go on forever or with it or masterminds. Like you go to, like we did in Costa Rica. And for example, I could do a, like a one week percussive guitar boot camp in Costa Rica or in Austria or whatsoever. And you can charge high ticket prices for that. Like three grand, five grand whatsoever. And a fraction of your fans will love to do this, to travel with you, to be on your bootcamp or in your mastermind or whatsoever. But this is where the fun starts to begin. And this is where really the money comes. Mic drop. <laughs> so good. I hope you, it's good. You guys have the replay. You have 24, 24 hours to rewatch this and kind of take notes of every single idea that was on those, the idea, the offers they just shared are things worth considering as a starting point. And I especially love, you know, really like your, your main point is that you need to figure out what your fans want and offer that to them. So these are all ideas, but like what matters is actually f like talking to your fans, connecting with them and seeing like, what do they want? <laughs> and one of the best ways to do that is going back to what we talked about earlier, have a conversation with them and actually ask them, like, what do you actually want? What, so here's a bunch of ideas. These are all seem really cool. Which of these would like, are you most interested in? Right. And having those conversations, you don't even have to like try to sell them on it at the beginning. It can just be about like getting feedback. And sometimes they'll actually be like, that sounds awesome. Can I get that now? <laughs> You're like, sure. Yeah. Like I'll even give you like a cool discount just to say thank you for helping me with it. So super smart. So Tobias or Tobias, I know you go by both, but I still like kind of switch between them sometimes. Hey man, this has been awesome. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Appreciate you coming on here. And I know that it seems like there's something happening in the chat. I'm not sure if the link for the freebies or the resources, we might need to update it or just make sure that it's like the correct link. So we'll work on that, getting it to you. But for, for everyone who's here right now, I know that you have a freebie or a resource that kind of goes deeper on everything that we talked about today. Maybe you could share a little bit about for anyone who's here right now who'd like to connect more or look into that free resource that you shared. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. You mean the free resource I'm sharing here? Yep. That's basically a workshop where I break like in a where I break it all down on a macro level, like how you set up a successful music business. Like it's a framework that I use, that you, uh, Michael, use, that another successful music entrepreneurs use. So this is 
how it all works. So you can just use it and watch the workshop and you can implement it on your own. Or of course, you find a lot of help. I can help you. Michael can help you. But yeah, I cover some of the biggest mistakes musicians do all the time. And I see it again and again. And yeah, then I basically talk, walk you through the framework. Dude, that's so cool. I love this landing page. There's, look at that. It's the two of us hanging out. Yeah, awesome. Was that in Costa Rica? Yeah, yeah. That nice. was a lovely evening. That's so cool. So was this workshop, this is a workshop that you put together that, was it from the Costa Rica one or is it like another one? It's a new one. It's a new one. I basically okay. updated the entire Famous Academy program as well. So it's Famous Academy 2.0 and it's a new workshop as well. And yeah, that's basically all the stuff in it that you need to know. Some of that, we talked about that here as well. But yeah, I think it's pretty helpful. So definitely check it out. And yeah, then you definitely understand how a six-figure music business works. Yeah, super smart. Dude, I love it. Thank you again for coming on here. I highly recommend everyone, if you resonated with this, like Tobias is a super smart, sharp, sharp guy. And he's got the, the proof is in the pudding. I think when you're someone who walks the walk and you go and you research and you see that he's done this for himself and everything that he's teaching is based on real world results and experience. Uh, it's not just sort of like ideas. So if this has been helpful for you, I would definitely recommend checking out the free workshop. You can click on the link to go check it out. If there are any issues with the sign up process, then we'll get them figured out for you ASAP. We'll follow up with you there. But Tobias, you're the man. Appreciate you. And uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you again. We should definitely catch up soon. Oh, yeah. I would love to connect about the uh, Street Team software, which is basically like we uh, replaced ClickFunnels and uh, ActiveCampaign with a CRM. And it could be really cool to like to plug it into to each other and to, yeah, let's we'll geek out. We'll talk more yeah, about, about that stuff. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.